0: Believe that I have a really uh, life giving word for you this morning. And so I hope you're ready to receive uh, what the Lord has in store. I, I read an article uh, the other day that Barna put out about the church. And it says that 30% of the church right now, those 30% of the church attenders that were regular attenders are not attending any kind of service, not online are not in-house. And when I read that, I just, man, I, I've, I've dedicated my life to the church, and I believe God has called me to that. And that just really, really uh, hurt my feelings. And so I, I wonder if you guys can do me a favor as we navigate through some uncertain times, if there are people that you know that uh, maybe uh, have attended or are attending, and they're not uh, online or they're not, uh, you know, coming to service, if you could reach out and gather. I believe it's a time that the Lord wants us to gather the house. And so I just can't imagine, you know, being a follower of Jesus during this time and not being plugged into a local body, a life-giving uh, body. And so, and, and uh, churches all across our community, and I look, this is a hard time for churches uh, because some churches can't even open up right now due to social distancing regulations, we are blessed we're able to have a larger facility to even have services. So there are thousands of people in our community right now that are not attending um, a service online or in, on site. And, and, you know, I think it's our job as believers to reach out to people and say, I see you. I see you. And, uh, we're trying to do our best to give you some resources to be uh, to um, encourage your walk with the Lord. So, on uh, we have launched a YouTube channel, Lighthouse VA. You should subscribe to it every week. There's a teaching. I just uh, finished a teaching on uh, ridiculous faith, and uh, uh, and so uh, I wanted to share a, a brief uh, thing along those lines. Um, I, how many have been reading the Bible a whole lot during this season? I don't want to boast, but I think. I'm about to read the Bible twice just during this pandemic. Uh, yeah, and, and I think it's uh, and I think it's apropos. Like, hey, if there's if there's some news I want to hear, I want to hear it in 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 the Word of God, not on the headlines, you know. And so I have fallen in love with the uh, Old Testament prophets. How many like the Old Testament prophets, particularly Elijah and Elijah? I have fallen in love with just reading the stories in Kings, and the Lord has been ministering to my heart um, during this season. And so uh, I particularly, my favorite Old Testament prophet is Elijah by far. He has some awesome stories. Uh, have you ever, you remember the story in scripture where you have the kings that are uh, walking to, um, uh, they're, they're trying to destroy the Moabs, right? And so they're walking and they run out of water. Do you remember the story in, in Kings? They run out of water. And so uh, people are mad when they have no water. You're thirsty right now. I'm just talking about water. You're thirsty right now. And so they have no water. They're in the middle of the desert. And uh, one, of the, one of the kings, his name is Jehoshaphat, and he was a man after the Lord. And he says, he says Let, let's inquire of the Lord. Now, in this particular season, I want you to hear that. <laughs> I, think a, I think that's a prophetic word for us. <laughs> uh, we should inquire of the Lord. <laughs> well, well, that's profound, but it's, uh, you should do that, right? And so Jehoshaphat says, let's, in- let's inquire of the Lord. There's this man named Elijah, he hears from God. So Elijah comes, and, and they're, they're, they're giving, this, giving uh, Elijah a hard time, except for Jehoshaphat. And, and Elijah's not having any of their nonsense. He says, look, I, I like you, Jehoshaphat, so I'm going to inquire of the Lord for you during this situation. And he says, hey, let's bring a harp. Or, and they start playing some music. And sure enough, Elijah gets a word from the Lord. And, and the word is, is, is this. He, he says, go dig a ditch. That's what he says. He tells them, get a shovel, go dig a ditch, because tomorrow the Lord is going to fill these ditches with water. And it's not going to come from rain. It's not going to be from the wind. The Lord is going to do a miracle. Get to work. Prepare for the water. And sure enough, the next morning they wake up and there's water in all the ditches. And what's so cool about this story is the Moabs are looking and the clay is red, right? And so when the ditches were filled with water, the Lord filled the ditches with water, they thought the that it was full of blood. They thought that the kings had fought themselves and destroyed themselves. And so they went to go attack them. And then there was this battle and they won. Like Israelite, they they won. They did they defeated the Moabs. And And so here's my point. It's like, I think this season is a time to dig some ditches. I don't think it's a time in our lives where we need to like, uh, like calm down. I think we need to prepare for what God is doing in our lives. We need to get ready. Get ready, church. Get ready. You know, So time to dig a dish. is another story in, in uh, Elijah's life. He, he had this school of prophets, and I love this. Elijah had a school of prophets. I believe uh, that, the, uh, that Lighthouse is going to raise up a school of prophets. We're going to launch a school of supernatural leadership in a month or so. And I'm really excited about what God is going to do just in our house. And Elijah has this school of prophets, and they're outgrowing their little outfit, and they're like, "Hey, can we build a bigger, uh, a bigger place?" Elijah, and he says, "Sure, go ahead and go." And they say, "Well, will you come along with us?" Always invite the man or woman of God with you on your journeys, right? So they they go, and one of them had borrowed an axe and started started chopping stuff down, and the axe head fell into the river, and he's like, "Lord, you remember the story?" It's like, "Lord." <laughs> I borrowed that. Have you ever borrowed something and lost it? That's a horrible feeling, man. You might as well just take me out. Some of you have borrowed stuff and you, have, and you think it's yours, but it's really not. You should give it back after this service. It's not, you just stole that. <laughs> but anyways, he, he says, I borrowed. The axe head goes into the river and, and he says, Lord, what, what, what can I do? Elijah says, where did you lose it? It's so right there. So Elijah takes a stick and he, and he throws it right there. It was right there, Bruce. <laughs> and the axe head began to float, and Elijah says, grab it, pick it up, pick it up. And the prophet, the prophet in training picks it up. Here's my point. Some of us have lost our spiritual edge. And where have we lost it? Where did you lose your spiritual edge? Can I just be honest with you? A lot of us lost our spiritual edge, and we can trace it to COVID-19. In my life, I've, I've learned that when I've wandered from the Lord, it's not, many times it's not something I did, it's something that happened in my circumstances, something that, that happened from the outside, and I just lost my way, you know? And just like Elijah, we need to say, you know, just like Elijah says, where, where did you lose it? And now pick it up. So let's... Let's realign. If you've lost your spiritual edge, let's realign. Like Jason was saying, you know, fix your eyes on Jesus. Stop, t- stop listening to the devil, and let's start listening to the Lord in our in the season in our lives. There's another story uh, in Elijah where they have the widow. You remember the story, the widow that had had the had the jar of oil. Uh, the deal is, is that Elijah had these prophets, but one of them passed away and uh, left this woman she had a whole bunch of debt that had accrued in her life and so at the time they could come and they could seize your children to be slaves to pay the debt so the widow comes to elijah and says hey listen we got a problem here buddy she didn't say it like that <laughs> this is all my paraphrase we got a problem my my husband was a righteous man you know that he's a righteous man As a matter of fact some in jewish tradition says that the man that died is uh, Obadiah that I'm going to talk about today in 1 Kings, right? Well, anyways, that, you'll trace that here in a second. So, like, he he left this debt, and he had this debt because he was giving to the poor, right? And so he passes away. The debt is now the widow's uh, responsibility. They're going to come take her kids. Elijah says this. Elijah says, what can I do for you? What do you have? She says, all I have is this jar, and it, and it has a little bit of oil in it. And Elijah says, well, here's what you need to do. You need to go, grab all the jars that you can, all across the neighborhood, as many as you can. Grab all these jars, bring them into the house. And I love this. He says, shut the door, shut the door, only you and your kids shut the door. And then when one bottle is filled, put another one there. Elijah is not even in the room in the miracle. Elijah has her shut the door. You know why he has her shut the door? This is my personal opinion. It's because some miracles of provision are just for you and Jesus. Some of them are personal, and this one was personal. He wasn't even in the room, so she shut the door, and at bottle after bottle, jar after jar after jar, full with oil. I believe that the oil represents the Holy Spirit. We have more than enough, more than enough Holy Spirit in our time, and, and he fills jar after jar. She fills jar after jar after jar. Then she says, hey, give me another jar. We have no jars, and the Bible says that the oil Stopped. I believe that if there were still jars coming, those jars would still be fill, filled and filled and filled. And so the, the widow comes to Elijah and says, hey, I filled all these jars. And she says, he says this to her. He says, go sell all the oil, pay off your debt, and use the rest. God, we serve a God of ridiculous provision. And I say all those little stories to tell you this. Like, we've created a resource for you so that you can go online and you can listen. And every teaching we do is gonna be less than 10 minutes because I know you're Americans, and that's about as much span as you have. And so there'll be less than 10 minutes. Each teaching will be less than 10 minutes, and at the end, there'll be discussion questions. So here's my, here's my goal during this season. Here's my thought, that we need church on every phone and in every home. If you can't be here, then you can't be online, then you can be on YouTube, you can you can be around a table, you can listen to a 10-minute teaching, it might not just be me, it might be somebody else, and you can listen to it at the end, there'll be some discussion questions so that we can grow in what? Faith. In Jesus, and so those are some resources that are available for you during this time, and we need to utilize those. I was in uh, uh, do you guys like to go to Yorktown? Man, we live in such a beautiful part of the country, right? I went to Yorktown the other day for some inspiration. Sometimes you got to get out of the house for some inspiration. If you follow, yeah, yeah, some of you need to do walk around, get your mask on, I don't care, just walk around, uh, look at the world and, and its beauty. And so, I was walking down the uh the boardwalk, and I saw this sign, and it said this. It said, the tide has come in. The tide has come in, and I immediately, when I saw that, I was like, Jesus, you are talking to me, and so I was the next series I'm going to do, and I'm going to launch it next week, is how to turn the tide in your life. How to turn the tide in your life. We're going to use uh, the person of Samson, and basically, we're going to do the opposite of whatever Samson did, okay? <laughs> Samson ends up finishing well but then we're going to tape it we're going to video it in Yorktown we're going to video it in some some of my favorite spots have you been to surrender field right i like surrender field and we're going to we're going to go to, de- to s- several spots in Yorktown and and our goal our vision is church on every phone and every home to help you resource you to get start talking about faith and victory this is a season listen to me this is a season where we need to hear faith and victory you can have faith in uncertain times. You can have, some of you know you need to wake up. You can have faith in uncertain times. You know and I know that if you read the Bible that we have the victory. It is won. Every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus, so there's some resources available for you. Lighthouse VA, subscribe, uh, and let's get growing in our relationship with God. Today, t- today I want to talk to you about prayer. I'm uh, we're landing the Pray Americas, and I figured I wanted to talk to you about prayer. So I'm going to talk to you out of a story out of Elijah, not Elijah. I'm in I'm in this prophet stuff, and so uh, if you want, you can turn to First Kings chapter 18, 1 Kings chapter 18. I know that's a typo on your notes. I put these notes together on Friday, and nobody edited them, and so good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only so, the only thing I saw, and and I didn't look. So if you're an English major, it's, it's season for grace. So. Throw some grace at me. I, feel, I put those together. Uh, so 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 through 44. I wanted, before we uh, get into our passage, I want to tell you kind of where we're at in the book of Kings in this particular situation. What, uh, what is happening here is there's been a drought, okay? And you have some key players in this situation, in this particular story in 1 Kings chapter 18. You have Queen Jezebel, and she is evil, she is not such a nice person. Matter of fact, Queen Jezebel she she loves uh, worshipping the God of Baal, and she has raised up prophets. She's actually killing the Lord's prophets. Okay. Matter of fact, one of the other key players in this passage, Obadiah is has has uh, rescued some prophets and put them in caves um, during this season. So you have Queen you have Queen Jezebel, and then you have King Ahab. There's a drought and the Lord says to Elijah, I'm about to send the rain. The drought's about to end. I want you to catch this. The drought is about to end. I'm about to send rain. So Elijah goes, right? The first person he sees is Obadiah. Obadiah comes and says, Elijah, what are you doing here? He says, I got to meet the king. Obadiah is like, hey, listen to me, I'm not real comfortable with this because uh, the king is looking for you and he's been trying to kill you. The reason why King Ahab has been trying to kill Elijah is because King Ahab blames him for the drought. What King Ahab does not realize is the reason there's a drought is because King Ahab is serving two gods he's serving the king, he's serving Baal, and he's trying to serve God at the same time. And God is a jealous God. And so King Ahab, he doesn't realize it, but he's the problem in this situation. So Elijah it hits uh, a- Ob- Ab- Obadiah, I got it. <laughs> everybody should be named that, or everybody should have to say that at least forty. 40- 35 times when you're trying to talk, uh, uh, Obadiah, Obadiah he, he, he sees him, he's scared. Then, then Elijah says, hey, listen, we're going to go meet today. So sure enough, they meet. And as they meet, King Ahab starts calling Elijah a troublemaker. And he's like, well, wait a second. The reason why you have trouble is because you're a family. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to have this show off. It's going to be this battle. You remember this battle in Scripture? It's one of the awesomest battles in all of, in all of Scripture. We're going to have this battle. You're going to bring your prophets, and I'm going to be the only prophet. It's going to be your God against my God. And the cool thing that Elijah does is Elijah gives them the home, home court advantage. He says, look, this is your spot. You go first. You, you cry out, and then we're going we're to have a battle. Whoever, what, whoever's God." Gets this sacrifice off when we offer this sacrifice. Whoever, whoever, when fire falls, when if the fire falls on which one, that's the victory. Who's ever God has the victory is the is, is is this battle. So, you know, the story, right? So, they have like 300 or 450 uh prophets, they they start they start praying to their God. And then Elijah comes out at noon and starts giving him a hard time. You remember this in passage, you know, in scripture? He's like, what is it? Is your God asleep? Is he dead? The cool thing about this particular passage is Elijah is saying absolutely nothing wrong. He is describing their God according to their, their view of him because he would sometimes be asleep and he would sometimes act like he was dead. And so Elijah is, is poking them But nothing happens, and to the point where the people lose interest. And then Elijah comes, and Elijah says this to the people. He brings the people in, and I think this is a word of the Lord for us during this season. He says, stop wavering between two gods. He says, you're either serving Baal or you're serving God. You can't serve both of them. And he says, the people were silent. They didn't respond. Now, this is notorious with prophets. <laughs> prophets tend to speak truth, and people tend to not like the truth they speak. If you have a call in the prophetic unction, beware of that. <laughs> and so there's this wavering between Baal and God. So then Elijah, Elijah does this really cool thing. Elijah repairs the altar, right? He repairs the altar, and he gets the 12 stones, which represent the 12 tribes of Israel. In this current season, the 12 tribes are scattered. They're not together. And what is Elijah saying? Elijah is saying we need to be one. In this particular season, I would say this, that in our time, the church has been scattered. And it's a time to gather. It's a time to come under one banner, and that banner being the name of Jesus. It's time to come together. And so Elijah, he, does the, he repairs the altar, and he's pouring water. And what he's doing is he's basically telling them, hey, you're about to witness a miracle. This is not a magic trick. This is a miracle. And so he does all this kind of stuff, and then he says this prayer. But instead of, like, cutting himself and praying for hours and hours and hours, he has one simple prayer to God. He's like, come, bring the fire. We're going to turn, basically, paraphrased. And then it says what? The fire comes. That's my sound of fire. And it licks it up. And the people see this demonstration, this miracle, and then they repent. And what happens is is they take all those prophets of Baal and they slaughter them. Some of them are like, man, that's harsh, but that's in Deuteronomy. They're following the law. And listen to me, Uh, uh, there's a close connection between the sending of fire and the sending of rain. There had to be a battle for the rain to come. There had to be this reckoning this repentance, this not wavering between one opinion and the other. There's this fire, there's this refining, there's this demonstration, and then you're about to see the rain. The rain is about to come. And we'll pick it up in the story. This is, uh, this is, this is why you're here, and this is why I'm here right here. That was all context. <laughs> and Elijah said to oh, Ahab, go eat and drink, for there is a sound of heavy rain. And I want you to catch this. I mean, you might've come in here a little weary, a little, a, a little, uh, 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 you, you, you having trouble with faith and certainty. I just want you to tell you, I heard this. There's a sound of heavy rain. There has not been any rain to this point. And if you know the story, you know how this ends. But I'm telling you right now, church, there's a sound of heavy rain. And we need to rise and hear it and see it before we see it, if you know what I'm talking about. There is a sound of heavy rain. So Ahab went up and ate and drank, but Elijah climbed to the top of Caramel. Bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. Go and look towards the sea, he told the servant. He went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea. So Elijah said, go tell Ahab, hitch up your chariot. Go down before the rain stops you. Meanwhile, the sky grew black with clouds. The wind rose and a heavy rain started to fall. And Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah and tucking his coat into his belt, he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. He actually ran 26 miles right there. Bam. The power of the Holy Spirit. I want to give you some qualities of effective prayer out of the life of Elijah. And we can find them right here in this passage. Elijah climbed to the top of Caramel. He bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. The first quality of effective prayer is humility. He was humble. The battle happened in the bottom of the mountain. The prayer happened at the top. When he gets to the top, the first thing he does is put his head between his knees and prays for God to show up. Now, I'll tell you this, There's, uh, humility uh, will not sell many books. Humility is not going to get retweeted. Humility is not going to get you many followers on Instagram. But it doesn't mean that humility isn't needed in this season. And I will propose to you that humility is a, is a position that you will see your prayers answered because God says this, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's a sobering scripture to me, because if he's opposing somebody, and if he's opposing you because you're prideful, you are actually limiting the amount of grace that is available for you in your life. And maybe the reason why some of the prayers in your life aren't being answered is because you're walking around with pride. And we live in a culture, we live in a society where we elevate people of pride. We actually celebrate it. And my position is like, whoa, 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 whoa. If I want to have my prayers answered, I'm going to follow the person of Elijah that says, I need to humble myself. Humility is putting others before yourself. It's getting low. Notice how he put his head between his knees. He was putting his head underneath his heart as an act of surrender. That is an ultimate act of worship right there. That's That's why we lay down. We're laying down as an act of worship before King Jesus. You know why? We're coming underneath. I am lower than you. You are king. You are king. So he's humble. Number two, he was specific. He says, go and look towards the sea, he told the servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing there, he said. In this particular case, where would the rain come from? The rain would come from the sea. Elijah says, go, specifically, look where the rain would come. If there's rain that's gonna come, it's gonna come right there. Go look at it. Look, he was specific. In this season, we need to be specific with our prayers. Man, if there's one thing I can encourage believers is stop praying vague prayers. (laughs) Let's pray specific prayers. What do you wanna see done? I'll tell you what, one of my uh, specific prayers during this season is, Lord, help us with offense. I mean, people are so charged with the offense. it is wild. I mean, I've been on this planet in a long time, some of you longer, some of you less. I have never, ever been in a season where offense was so rapid and it's infiltrated the church. It's in our body. We're mad at everybody. If you're a leader, I'm already mad at you. I've already disagreed with you. Why? Because it's our culture, our culture. We have bought into the pattern of this culture. We're carrying our culture's offense, and we're bringing it into the house of the Lord, and it, it's, not, it's not good. It's not good. And so instead of, instead of blaming, which I think it means be lame, let's take responsibility and let's pray specifically against it. And here's the deal. When you pray specifically against a certain uh, activity, then you have to own that for yourself, don't you? And especially if you're humble, you're gonna have to say, okay, just like Crystal said, she said, the Lord told her revival starts with what? With you and me. It starts here. It starts with you, it starts with me. So if I'm offended and I'm carrying offense towards leadership, towards not leaders, I'm mad at everybody just because everybody's mad, and there's no, there's no sense of logic. There's no sense of reasons. There's nobody's, nobody's extending grace. It's just let's destroy, destroy, destroy. Then we need to deal with that. We have to say, okay, I'm not going to function that way. I'm going to function like Jesus says. And he was full of truth and full of grace. He wasn't 50% truth, 50% grace. He was, he's both of them all at the same time. And he says, and he says specifically, he says, "If you have an ought with somebody, don't come to the altar and worship, leave your gift there. go, make it right. one on one. Hey, sister, hey brother, we got issues. Here's the good thing. everybody's got issues now. If you didn't, you got them now." <laughs> And it's a season to extend grace, isn't it? I, I mean, I wake up every morning and I choose to extend grace. I'm like, you can don't, don't try me on this. I'm like, somebody can come up and cuss me out, spit, me, spit, spit in my face. Don't, please don't. And I'm going to be love. I'm going to share love. I have chosen in this season to act with grace and patience. What does it say in scripture? I love it. It's to man's wisdom. That leads him to patience. It's to his benefit to overlook an offense. That word overlook means to rise above. You know how you rise above offense before you leave your house, you've already risen above it. Because you've already spent with time with King Jesus. Yeah, that's good. And it's to a wisdom. It's a man's wisdom. Wisdom leads to patience, which will lead you to rising above Offense. So I mean, I'm thinking specifically. Hey, I mean, I could stay there. I mean, the church. Uh, really, we could talk about offense every week for the next <laughs> until we get a vaccine, and I think we'd be doing good <laughs> in our context. But we need to pray for our president by name. We need to pray for our governor by name. I don't care if you're in the right, the left, uh, the the back, the front. Uh, <laughs> you need to pray for our president by name. If, you know, in the even if you're not a fan of them, it says pray for your enemies, right? It's Scriptural. You need to pray for your governors by name. We need to pray for our schools. They're about to go through something that nobody's ever gone through. I mean, there is real stuff going on. They don't know if they're going to school, not going to school. They don't know if they're gonna be able to play sports, not play sports. Are they gonna be able to graduate, walk the line? There is all kinds of stuff. Then you have principals, you have leaders, you have teachers. They all have to navigate that. At the same time, navigate their families and their homes. And doesn't matter what a, what decision a leader makes in this context, In this time, somebody is mad. And not just a little bit mad, a whole lot mad. (laughs) And they're not holding back. So you have leaders in all different veins, spheres, and it doesn't matter what they say, they're making somebody really, really mad. And here's here's what I tell people: I can't I can't solve your problem. But I know the answer. That answer has a name. His name is Jesus, and he calls us to pray. So here's what I say, brother and sister. I'm with you. I'm praying for you. I can't solve your problems, but I'm here. I'm I'm contending for you. I'm praying good things in your life. We need to pray for unity. I think on August 8th, we have a cultural conversation happening right here in this room from 2 to 4 o'clock. Cultural conversations. And I'll tell you what, in this church, we need to have conversations just like this, and we need to talk about culture, we need to talk about racism, we need to talk about diversity, and we need to have a conversation, and we need to have it quickly, and it's August 8th from 2 to 4, and you need to come in here, sit in a a chair, and begin to listen. It is time. It is time. I had this thought the other day. I don't want to be right. I want to be righteous. I want to be righteous. I want to live. And if our brothers and sisters are having a hard time, if our brothers and sisters are being uh, persecuted and they're feeling like they're not being heard, then I want every seat in this building filled with people that are willing to listen. And we don't have to have all the right answers and we can say things that, that don't make any sense, but that's how you grow. That's how transformation happens. It happens through conversation perspective, getting to the table, sitting down. And look, now I understand in this season, you know, uh, with with COVID, it's all weird if you can come, but we'll have a safe place here. We're going to practice social distancing. And I tell you what, just showing up matters. It matters. And it matters a lot. But we need to pray for unity. We need to pray and then obey. Pray. Obey. What is it that we need to do? How do we need to adjust? So we have a lot of things to pray for. Very, we do. Uh, James says this, you don't have because you don't ask God. We don't have because we don't ask. Number three, persistent. Go and look towards the sea, he told the servant. And he went up and looked. There's nothing, he said. Seven times Elijah said, go back. (laughs) Go look. There's nothing. Well, go back. <laughs> Seven times. Go, Go. I tell you what, we're not persistent with our prayers. We need to work on this. We got microwaved uh, Christianity. We got a promise. We throw it in the microwave. we plug 30 seconds in it, and we want glory. Bing. And if you've been walking and you've been walking with Jesus, you know that that's not the case. Every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. He's ratified all of them. But with every promise, there's a premise. Most of the premises are faith. Some of them cause us to walk around and declare and decree for a long time before we see that promise come to pass. And Elijah got this. He was persistent. He's like, go, keep looking. Because he heard that there was a sound of coming rain. Heavy rain. He already heard it. And he's telling his servant, go, look, until you see it. I like the number seven because it's the number seven is the number of completion. And when he comes back, what does he say? We need to be expectant. Elijah heard the sound of the heavy rain before there was a cloud. The seventh time the servants reported a cloud as small as a man's hand is rising from the sea go tell Ahab, hitch up your chariots and go down before the rain stops you. You need to pray through till there's a breakthrough. You ever hear the push, pray until something happens? (laughs) You circle that promise and you begin to pray, you begin to pray, you begin to decree, you begin to decree and then you'll see, you'll see a cloud the size of a small fist heavy rain. i tell you what, man, the worshipers and the prophets see things first. And I'm here this morning to tell you that there is a sound of heavy rain, and I've seen the cloud, and it's coming. It's coming. Do you believe me? It's coming. It's rising. It's rising, we need to have faith, we need to have hope, we have the victory in the person of Jesus, we need to begin to expect something is about to happen. Something is about to happen. I feel heaviness in this room, and I'm telling you, I am not going to leave until this leaves. And so here's what I want you to do, I want you to stand up, I want you to stand up. I know, I know, I know. I know. You've been sitting for a while. I've been sitting for a while too. Don't worry about it. Your kids are good. Sometimes we need to pray until something happens. Some of you have been carrying around a fence. You've been carrying around a fence. Here's what I want you to do I want you to close your eyes, bow your head. You've been carrying around a fence. Forgiveness is hard. But forgiveness is a choice. And as believers in Jesus, he requires us. He commands us to live and to forgive. Matter of fact, he said to, the, to his disciples, how, how many times do I forgive? Seven times? Seven times? That sounds good. That's the number of completion. What did Jesus say? Seven times 70. He's saying, you got to let things go. You got to let things go. This is a season. You got to let things go. So if you, in here this morning, you're dealing with unforgiveness, I want you just to raise your hand. Would you be honest with God? Don't listen to Pastor Daniel. Don't respond to me. Respond to the Holy Spirit. I know he's here. I know he's here. If you're dealing with unforgiveness, I want you to put your hand. Would you be honest with God? I see that hand. Would you be honest with God? I see those hands. You can't justify unforgiveness. There could be valid reasons. But you can't justify it. If the blood of Jesus is good enough for you, it's good enough for them. And you can't experience the rain. You can't experience the measure of grace that God wants to extend in your life by carrying around unforgiveness. Because he opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. And I hear a sound of heavy rain, but I'm here to tell you that this morning that that rain will be released in your life when you forgive. That rain will be released in your life when you let go of the offense, be it at a leader, be it at a church, be it at a community, be it at a person. I don't know where that comes from, but you do. So here's what I want you to say. I want you to say this, Jesus I forgive them. I want you to picture if it's a person, I want you to picture them. I want you to picture I want you to I want you to let them go right now. From this moment on, I release and if you know the name, I would say the name. I release them. Your blood is enough. I release them. I release them. Online, same thing. If you're in your home right now and you're carrying an odd, I'm telling you, this. if this thing breaks, the, the rain comes. The rain comes when this thing breaks. If you were baptized in the Holy Spirit, I just want you to pray. We're just going to stay right here for a second. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray, 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 pray. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't given your heart to the Lord. Maybe you've been wandering. Maybe you have one foot in the world and one foot in with God. You're serving the world, and you're trying to serve God at the same time. And just like Elijah said, today is the day that you come on. You draw a line in the sand. Today is the day that you align yourself with the, with the person of Jesus. Today he becomes your Lord. Maybe that's you today. If you're in here this morning and you want to realign your life with the Lord, I want you, I want you to put your hand in the air. A readjustment, a realignment. I see those hands. A realignment. A realignment. Say this with me. Jesus, you are Lord. I believe you. I commit my life to you. Lord, I thank you for a realignment, a readjustment in this house. We worship you. We worship you. I keep getting this word for trust. If you're having trust issues, could you raise your hand? Trust issues. Trust issues. can I see that. I see that. You can trust him. He is faithful and true. You can trust him. He trusts you. Trust him. Lord, I pray for trust. I pray for trust. Trust is the currency of a relationship. Trust. We trust you, Jesus. We trust you. We have faith in you, Jesus. Faith looks at the end of the matter and adjusts accordingly. Faith in Jesus in this uncertain time looks at the end of the matter and adjusts accordingly. Some of you need to adjust to the end of the matter, which is victory, to the end of the matter, which is heavy rain, to the end of the matter which is spiritual breakthrough, to the end of the matter which is a harvest that that nobody has ever seen, to the end of the matter that his goodness will flow into your life, to the end of the matter that you are victorious in Christ Jesus, to the end of the matter that you are a son and daughter of the most high God, to the end of the matter that he's not mad at you, that he loves you, that he adores you, to the end of the matter that you are a royal priesthood, a chosen generation, to the end of the matter that that the church will prevail, that the gates of Haiti cannot destroy it to the end of the matter, that there will be the greatest harvest that the world has ever seen to the end of the matter that he is faithful and true that he is the, he is the finisher of your faith, the author and finisher of your faith. Your healing is on the other side of the cross your healing has been purchased your breakthrough has been purchased every, every promise. Is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Every promise is yes and amen in Christ Jesus is ratified and it is it is for you. It is for you. It is for you. Faith arise. Faith arise. It's about the shift in here. If you are a worshiper, I want you to begin to worship. It's about the shift. It's about the shift. It's about the shift. Faith and victory faith and victory. It's about to shift. It's about to shift. Lord, we worship you, Jesus. We worship you, Jesus. All across this room, all across this room, we worship you, Jesus. Faith is about to be released. Faith and certainty of the future that we have in you. Faith is about to be released. Faith is about to be released. We receive it. We receive it in Jesus' name. We receive the reign in Jesus name. We receive and declare God's goodness in our church, in our community, in our school, in our nation, that across the board, that every church would experience revival online, in their house, every phone, every believer would experience the tangible presence of God. Faith sees the end of the matter and acts accordingly. Faith declares what has not yet been seen and so that it will be seen. If you will just declare the works of God, every giant, every mountain will fall in the name of Jesus. Every mountain, every giant, every giant. Lord, I come against depression right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that that heaviness just, just goes, evaporates right now in the name of Jesus. depression, depression. Lord, I come against clarity. Uh, some, some of you are struggling with clarity of thought. Lord, I pray for clarity of thought in this room. If you are struggling with a migraine, I just want you to put your hand on your, on your head. If you're struggling with a migraine, Lord, I come against this migraine in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray right now that it just, it subsides right now. pray for the churches in our community. I just begin to pray for the churches in our community in this community. This is your community, Lord. I pray for the churches all across Gloucester. I pray I pray for some of them are struggling. You have older congregations that haven't been able to meet in months. Lord, I pray. I pray for the shepherd's hand upon their life. You are the good, good shepherd, Lord, I pray for the leaders, the spiritual leaders in this community, Lord, that we would bind together, that we would help those that are hurting, Lord. Lord, I pray for every spiritual house in this community, every Jesus-centered facility in this community, Lord, that you would begin to move in Jesus' name. Lord, that you would draw the wayward in. Lord, those that are sitting at home right now and they're not a part of a local body, they're not listening, they're not online, they are, they are scattered, they are separated from their life-giving community. Lord, I pray that you reach them, you draw them. You say that if we will lift your name on high, you will draw all men according to you will draw them all to you. Lord, I pray for a great gathering, a great gathering a great gathering.